You're listening to What It's Like Down Here, a fortnightly discussion of pop culture from the bottom of the heap. I'm your host, Chris Shipp. Are we at the bottom of the heap, or do we take stories from the bottom? Take, taking stories from the top of the heap, looking at the top from the bottom. Okay. Looking at the top from well, the bottom. better? we have scavenged the stories for us? We do. Who's on top? No, no, we're at the, we're at the bottom of the heap. Maybe work out a better 20, tag. 20 seconds in and we already derailed. Take three. Hi. Nope. What are we on? Four? Yeah, this T- is four. We'll just get this in post. It's the week of February 11th, 2013, and you're listening to What It's Like Down Here. I'm Chris Chappelle, and I'm joined today by Adam Rotler. Hey. Tyler Cheshire. Hi. And David Scripsima. Hey. All right, guys. Let me be the first to say that it's great to be here. So great. Thanks. Um, In honor of the Oscars coming up at the end of this month, we're taking a look at movies and the like with our resident cine know-it-all, Adam Rotler. So, Adam, take it away. Well, around here, Oscar season is one of our favorite seasons of all, right after summer, spring, winter, fall, and of the witch. This year, however... (laughs) (laughs) This, not, not cool to laugh this year, jokes. Uh, this year, however, I approached the Oscars with a mixture of rage, trepidation, and that feeling a prostitute probably gets after realizing they accepted a fake traveler's check. Last year, I didn't give a shit because the best movie of the year got completely overlooked by absolutely everyone, and the artist was about as mediocre and uninspired as a movie gets. This year, however, oh. we saw some great movies. More good movies than we've had in a single year since maybe 2007. But as has become habit for the bloated, masturbatory organization that Ampus is, they've again neglected to give credit where credit is due. One love, Ben Affleck and Cloud Atlas. That's my shout-out. One love! <laughs> In light of this, I'd like to first talk about the movie that most disappointed me, yet garnered totally undue recognition. And that movie is Lame's Bond, Sky Failure. Boo. Oh. <laughs> Lame his Bond, Sky Failure? No, la- like Lame's instead of James. Probably <laughs> there's a movie that sounded like Lame Miz. So la- like... Lame's Bond, Sky Failure. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to talk about Lame Miz. No. Okay. You don't like Skyfall? No. I didn't like it at all. I think you're in the minority here. Yeah, you are. Uh, I recognize Skyfall's faults. Yeah, but I still not perfect. It's Skyfall. It's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I recognize it's Skyfall's, and I've come to accept them. I definitely like thinking past the movie months now. Uh, the more I think about it, the more problems I uh, yeah see, and it is kind of a like the villain and the plot's kind of stupid. Like, like, <laughs> well, yeah, it's a James but the Bond fine. movie, yeah, right? Yeah, it's a James Bond movie. Wait, it's kind of so, sloggy. So we can agree that the plot and the villain, and let's throw the Finn Fatale in there because she sucked too, that they were all shitty. Okay, well, the Have Femme you ever movie, seen a James Bond movie? I'm going to be honest, I don't even remember the Femme Fatale. The Femme Fatale who, who was, was almost non-existent. Yeah, I know. Who was Just it? some chick, the chick that the he Asian, picks up the Asian in the chick. casino. Oh, the one that gets shot? And then yeah. gets shot. I didn't care. Spoiler I was trying to make like, a huge yeah. emotional impact about that. Right. <laughs> By the way, spoiler alert through all this, we're going to talk about everything in movies. So yeah. She was a throwaway. Yeah, it, that, I... That was a big problem. That's fair. I guess it's disappointing because the movie started out so good. Yeah, no, like, I, uh, the beginning chase scene was phenomenal. Yeah, and I really liked the I really liked the the scene in the casino and in the high rise. Yeah, like the first thirty minutes of that movie, you're kick ass. Yeah, the villain intro. Yeah, when he just walks. That's and the best scene of the movie yeah. when he comes down the elevator and Absolutely. they have that conversation. It's the best. But I don't know. Just the whole third act felt totally unmotivated and just. It was a little bit like Home Alone Five. Yeah, I mean, just you set up uh, yeah. set up traps in the house, and the That's bad guys a, yeah. come. I like movie Danny, traps, though. Oh, Danny DeVito, Daniel Stern, and oh, like Joe Home Pesci Alone, get... Home Alone, and James Bond are the only movies that have ever had booby traps. But bad guys in an abandoned house. 
I know you have a problem with like the old guy that was like James Bond Robert caretaker. Finney. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It just yeah, it didn't seem like their relationship that. had any had any real like groundwork whatsoever. He just shows up and he's like, "Hey, I'm going to fucking feel like, have a war." I feel like you, you imagined. Guys... I think you like imagined like a like a conflict between them that actually didn't exist. Yeah, I think though. that's do you, true. Do you do you remember watching Goldeneye? Yeah. Because Goldeneye, I think, is not one of the best James Bond movies. No. I think it's only remembered because the video game was so great. But that movie did a lot of the same things, but worse, that Skyfall did. <laughs> like, because you know the CIA guy that yeah. just flits in every so often, that's always played by a guy of a different race every time? Yeah. He was there in Goldeneye. He was just there, and they had a relationship. And you just sort of accepted his fact. And then move on because it's a James Bond. And movie. that happens Gold, in all of the James Bond movies. Golden Eye also really. sucked. No, no, it didn't. Golden Eye was okay. Yeah, I would. Uh, I think it was the best Pierce Brosnan Bond. Okay, well that's yeah. like that's like saying I think it actually like that hepatitis Bond back. Yeah, that's, that's like saying that hepatitis C is the best hepatitis. You just well, that's hate, false. You hepatitis hate James a Bond. Is the best no. hepatitis. Yeah. Don't know. You hate that's James Bond because because you hate America. I fucking love Casino Royale. What Casino Royale? What? Okay, what? I'm not even gonna point out all the flaws. What free? What pre-Daniel Craig Bond do you like? Because Casino Royale is exceptional, and Quantum of Solace is the dregs. So that's yeah. those are like outliers. Actually, honestly, I think I prefer Quantum of Solace to Skyfall. Whoa. What? But there's you like no... the movie that what didn't really have a script? Yeah, there's yeah, no over plot. The... It like didn't make any sense, but it still felt more like James Bond to me than this fucking... Have you seen any James Bond movies that didn't star Daniel Craig? Yeah. Most of them. What was what was your favorite of that? What do you think of those? I guess. I don't know. It just felt. I don't know. I I understand that. So I, I guess what I always what I was always told that this movie tried to do was be true to like the core character of James Bond. Yeah. And to like get back to basics, and they had all this like vintage like nostalgic crap, and that was fine. Like I like seeing the old car and stuff. That was cool. But James Bond to me typically is like. There's a better paced plot with more action. There's a stronger female character, not necessarily in terms of writing, but in terms of presence. And there's Do you mean a like villain. bigger boobs. Yeah, yeah, presence. Yeah, presence. P R E S E N T S. Presence for James. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Christmas came earlier. This year. <laughs> Worst yeah. line in the history of James Bond. <laughs> and a villain with maybe. Some real form of like danger to the world. This guy just kind of felt like a cop out. I don't know. I didn't like the villain. Adam, the Cold, I like the Cold, Cold War Barnum is too. over. You didn't like him getting caught intentionally and then escaping to go to the courthouse to shoot somebody. He has this. <laughs> I don't know. It just felt really like, forced to me. Yeah, no. It's he has this huge. He has his own island. He has this big plot, and that then, no one's ever. But found. it's just like, How oh, I'm gonna go onto the subway, get to the courthouse, and then shoot. Um. Where's all the power coming from on that island? Somebody answer that question for me. China. Yeah, China. Oh, is that true? I'd assume well, I mean, so. I mean, I mean, I mean I'm not even disagreed with that. No, it like, was, that was no, it was, the island was a place that was built for people, and then there was whatever accident, what? and then everybody left, and so that was a functioning place. It always Maybe was. they got some generators there. And the way the guy works, he can just siphon it off. I mean, yeah. I don't want to sit here and be a Skyfall apologist. Maybe a Skyfallologist. I force you to be. Well, as far as plot points are concerned, I think it was Sky a fine Bond movie. I don't think it was as good as Casino Royale. No. Because that was a great movie. But yeah. what did that villain 
What what threat? What menace was that villain? Okay, that's a fair point. But they just what, had, they what had, menace is any villain that's way, not? They just had way more interaction, and he like, felt like Union. a real character that wasn't just a plot device. I think that what they tried to do with the villain in Skyfall was just they they tried to make him too much. Yeah, like he was three things, and he could have been two, and he could have been two very well. Yeah, well, and his relationship with him felt really forced to me. I don't know. I just I wish we could just have a bad guy that wasn't a former agent. Yeah. Just some classic kind of Bond ass bad guy. Goldeneye, man. It's Goldeneye two point Goldeneye two point but it was a lot better. And don't and I'm super Sean pumped. Bean. I'm super pumped for the next Daniel Craig movie because I think he's a I think he's a great James Bond. That's, that's I love Ray Fiennes as him. It's gonna be good. I'm sure. That's the but. thing. I think the Skyfall was just sort of a reboot. Yeah, it was. And it that, was wiping so away the, Quantum of Solace. All the all the faults that I can find in it, I sort of apologize because they're trying to like retcon in a new reboot without rebooting yeah. it like there's like a lot her, of contrivances yeah, and i like everything they did with bond like that was the right. best thing is making is craig and like how they've made him just this damaged not not necessarily perfect agent and he actually you know he cares doesn't it well maybe he doesn't care but, he, but he's got some feelings he's got some feelings exactly and i like that it's not just like a robot sean connery type thing yeah I, I I don't mind the added depth. I guess it's just it's hard for me to watch a Bond movie and not watch it as a Bond movie. Like it's not it's not a movie. I don't judge a James Bond movie as I would any other movie standalone. Huh. Okay. Because it's because I it's mean there's so, so many of them that you just kind of easily compare them to each other. Yeah, it's the and only it's thing its they thing. can really be compared to. Yeah. Right, because it's not a standalone story. We know so much else about it. It's like. When Star Wars 9, the Boba Fett Tales, comes out in 10 years, we're not going to judge it as a movie. We're going to judge it as... A Star Wars film. A Star Wars film. All right. Well, my, point, my point's made. Yeah, that's fair. It looked right. awesome, I mean, though. you can be, you can be it's wrong. Like, well, I was going to say, I think my Deacon main point about that is that, that yeah, the only person that comes out of that with it being like a real like positive credential on his resume is Deacons. Yeah. Crush that. I hated that Komodo dragon scene. I hate CGI Komodo dragons. Oh, yeah. There's nothing worse than a CGI Komodo Uh, dragon. Keep CGI Komodo dragons out of movies. And you can sign that petition by going to our Tumblr. It's whatitslikedownhere.tumblr.com. Tumblr spelled (laughs) T-U-M-B-L-E-R. That's not true. That's not a real real website. (laughs) I mean, it probably could be, but... All right, let's let's what it's like down here. Let's keep grinder.com. Grinder spelled G-R-I. Let's just keep on cruising... (laughs) Cruising through the Oscar landscape. Yeah, let's go. And it's a it's a ragged one. Um, I don't want to just hate because I really loved a lot of movies this year. And one of the performances that most impressed me. I don't want to talk about this too much because it's already getting a lot of conversation, especially from idiotic, close minded Spike Jones. Um, Spike Jones. But I know what you're talking Christoph about. Christoph Waltz. I mean, Spike, oh, Spike what Lee. a motherfucker. Spike Lee. That's Spike Jones. Yeah. Yeah, my bad. Spike, Spike Jones is just talking out his ass oh. all the time. <laughs> Go Spike back Lee. to directing fucking skate videos, that's, jerk. That's my bad, Spike. <laughs> that's my bad, Spike. <laughs> Spike Lee. Uh, yeah, Waltz. That man is just like the perfect delivery system for yeah. Tarantino's dialogue. Yeah, I was, I, it'll be interesting to see what he does with like a real uh, with a big role that isn't like constructed specifically for I, him. But I would like to see. Didn't him you see Water for Elephants? Uh, Green that Hornet. Kind of, that wasn't that important uh-huh. of a movie. Wow, like. I didn't know he was in either of those. Yeah, he was the villain in Green Hornet. I didn't. Wow. Know that. Yeah, because I was going like to say, I'd love identity. I'd love to see him in a movie that isn't Tarantino based. But apparently, he's been in two. He's been in two. I, I mean, he's probably been in more before, oh, yeah. but they were like, yeah. German or whatever. And 
Yeah, woof. But holy shit. But yeah, he's what a performance. Kind of, he I, I think Jimmy Fox doesn't get enough credit. He plays pretty restrained. He's not going to get the big moments like Waltz does or Sam Jackson or anybody else in that film. But he has to, without him playing that way, like I know they were thinking about, like actually Will Smith was offered it first. Oh. I can see that though. That would have been terrible. Will Smith has a tendency to wink too but much. I, but I think Will Smith wouldn't have dove into it the way Jamie Foxx did. I, I like Jamie Foxx. something. And he would have... Like, Jamie Foxx, when he's talking to the other slaves, when he's pretending to be, like, the trainer or whatever that is, like, he he treats them like shit. But he... Like, I feel like Will Smith or anybody else might have, you know, put it in the eyes. You know, the act, acting's all in the eyes, guys. And I think they would have... Is that true? It is. Wow. I would go all eyes on the acting. Not fair. But I think... If that were true, then wouldn't wouldn't all, like, uh, fundamentalist Islam film be, like, really, really good? I can't say I've seen a lot of fundament, fundamentalist Islam I'm just saying, I'm not. guessing it's not. <laughs> oh, <God>. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Derailed. <laughs> um, no, I think... I don't... There's something about Jamie Foxx that just doesn't taste right to me. <laughs> That's a weird way to put it. <laughs> no, but it's just, I, I like most of the stuff he does. He was great in Ray. Um, other stuff I've seen him in, which isn't consequential, I, he's done a great job, but there's just something about a guy that spells his last name with two X's <laughs> that I can't get behind. No, I, that's, that's fair. It's a little bit porn star. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. Like, his his person is just a little too... I, 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 can't, I can't put my, my, my tongue on it. I don't want to. <laughs> it's very illegal. How are you going to taste him, though? That's the problem. Yeah. I can't change the taste because no one will let me lick him. <laughs> but there's something about Jamie Foxx I just don't like yet. But I, I think looking looking at who else they could have cast, I, that would have been a terrible mistake. I thought he was great in that movie. Oh, I thought he did. I, in fact, I thought all the acting in that movie I can't, was really good. I can't, I, can't say, I can't say like Fox in a vacuum was good, but Fox as opposed to every other actor who could have played Django, is fantastic. Like, Will Smith as, as Django would have been terrible. I don't actually agree with that, but... I think Jim Carrey would have done been, it well. <laughs> oh, God. It would have been interesting to see Will Smith's Django. It w- would have been interesting, but I think Fox yeah. was probably the right choice, ultimately. Uh, what I think we can all agree on is that everybody did a great job, except for fucking Quentin Tarantino, who's... Oh, the Australian fucking pseudo Australian. <laughs> I almost think it was on show. purpose. Nah, like no I think way. it was intentionally bad. Mm. I don't believe. I just then he's been intentionally bad in every role he's ever played. I didn't mind him as Jimmy in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. I really. I, I think, I think he did. He did movie. actually. I think he should yeah, stay out of every movie he directs. He was yeah. okay in From Dusk Till Dawn. Yeah. yeah I liked him okay. there. Yeah. But when he's. Either do like a Hitchcockian thing where you just insert yourself and then get out, or stay out. Yeah, I I vote for the latter. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> it was just the only. It was the only time in the movie when I was just like, oh, okay, same. <laughs> Me too. I was like, oh, there's Quentin, and then he throws the Australian accent, and it's like, <laughs> oh just, no, <laughs> why that part? I don't of know all yeah. the parts. Why that part? When there's nothing else going on, like all we have to focus on is how shitty his performance is. Why isn't there more of an uproar from the Australian Film Actors Guild that, like, why why did they have to not cast an Australian to play this Australian? Because the only other Australian in film, to my knowledge, 
is Crocodile Dunley. Dundee. Crocodile, Crocodile Dundee. No, I mean... Crocodile Dunley. I thought he would have killed in that role. Crocodile honestly. Dunley is from Singapore. <laughs> Fair. Crocodile Dunley. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. So the, the, last, the last thing I want to talk about... Um, are we... Are we oh, yeah, keep going. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't want to get... Oh, into... did someone get a text? I got a text. I'm oh, sorry. All right. we this all is the our here. first text interruption. If someone on the panel gets a text during the program, they have to read it aloud. This text... From... To David from a person. Do I have to say the person's no. name? Okay. No. Okay. Protect his anonymity. It's but a it, him, But though. it's a him, yeah. Um, the text says, Hey, brother, not to bother, but I'm trying to get this disc in your hand. Odelay. Oh, wow. I do not like this guy. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> Odelay. Anyway, uh, on to our, our third well, and we'll, final talking point we'll, of this we'll keep, we'll keep this part pretty quick, but um, the, one, the one thing really about the Oscars that's got me really cheesed off is fucking best director. Ugh. What is going on there? In a year when P.T. Anderson, Wes Anderson, Catherine Bigelow, Ben Affleck, and Quentin, Tino, Quentin Tarantino all direct a movie, not to mention... Adiard, who did Rust and Bone, and William Friedkin, who did Killer Joe, which I just thought was awesome. That's fantastic. Um, and they all make excellent movies at that. How the hell do Ang Lee and David O. Russell come away with nominations? I like both those movies. I like them, but... They were better directors. Yeah. I think Ang Lee, and I think David O. Russell is being uh, rewarded Denzel? for... Yeah. No, he's being rewarded for his use of Spring Zoom in uh, <laughs> <laughs> Silver Linings Playbook, which, which I thought was excellent. I mean, maybe a touch overdone... I eight, just, eight or twelve times that it was used. I just needed a little less Nicholas Sparks and a little more like Richard Linklater, and that movie would have been great. Even all right, more than good would have been great. Yeah, I I like I like that movie very much, but it it just especially considering the last five minutes, it just felt so flat. When it didn't, pointless. it didn't feel like it was the most challenging script to direct of the bunch of movies that were good this year. Well, and here's a question. Robert De Niro in that movie is clearly the fucking craziest person in the room at all times, and yeah. nobody ever like really calls him out on it. Well, their use, uh, their that that film's portrayal of just mental, mental illness. illness is the worst part of the film. It's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty. Because, well, the problem is that it's like actually a really good portrayal, like the first like thirty forty minutes. And it's pretty. Uh, I think it's pretty honest. And then, like, they just sweep, sweep well, it under the rug. Yeah, that's exactly. what makes it. That's gone. what makes it terrible. Either, either you tr- you treat it as quirks or you treat it real. But don't give me real and then, and then turn it into quirks, like Chris yeah. Tucker's just a just a lovable goof yeah, instead then, of a guy that keeps breaking out of mental institutions. That's a real problem. Just, Robert yeah. De Niro could kill somebody, as could Bradley Cooper. I'm talking about the real people, not characters anymore. <laughs> I mean, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, and it's just, Chris Tucker's character infuriated me. Like he gets out, and they're like, "Oh, you doing it again?" Like, there's no reason for that. I, I yeah. can understand like time constraints or something else. Like, yeah, just well, don't everybody go... gets better in a montage. Yeah, that's really what happened. And that's a very patronizing way to talk to the only black person in the movie. <laughs> and this is in Philadelphia, mind you. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, anyway, well, also just oh a quick yeah, yeah, thing. yeah, with Argo. It seems to be winning all these awards, and everybody's saying it's probably going to win the Oscar. Is it really the best picture of the year? I don't think no. so. It's no. a very, it's a fine film. It's a good movie, but I really enjoyed it too. I, like it, it doesn't, it doesn't stick with you. 
Like no, uh, it's, 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 it was pretty it's, forgettable. It's Argo. I knew how the story fun. ended, but that runway scene was still pretty tense. Runway scene. The beginning. It starts really cool too. I yeah. think the beginning was really. Yeah, cool. No, it's a it's a great movie. Yeah, I just. But there's a ton of great movies. But there's there's movies this year that are transcendent. Yeah, right. I think and Argo like, may actually more? be the most complete movie this year, though. Mm. In in a lot in some ways, I do think it might be most simple movie. Yeah, yeah. I think I think incomplete. I think it's complete because it tells a small story. Yeah. Like and not not saying that the conflict it's with smooth. Iran is it's really smooth yeah and that's fine like but I don't think it's the most complete movie but I, but from a from an Academy standpoint I think maybe well I mean it's about Hollywood so there's its bonus so, right so yeah. they they love it and it made a lot of money and it it was I mean I think yeah of course I mean let's I mean what what are Hollywood's priorities Sheen both. The Charlie kind and the <laughs> and the Martin kind, kind. yeah, and the, the Charlie kind and the S of S kind, Emilio's and what and then like bankability and predictability, and it was all of those to a T. Yeah, so of course exactly. it's gonna, of course it's gonna win, but I don't I th- think I don't think it will. I think Lincoln will win. I don't know. It seems I think like, Lincoln should win. Um, it's not my pick for the best, but I think it should. Like all the awards that the usual winners win, like the usual best pictures, like Argo's winning. So I also think like if if you look at Lincoln. I really like Lincoln, and there are a lot of things I like better about Lincoln than I like about Argo, but the flaws in Lincoln are much more noticeable than the flaws in Argo. Yeah, but I think Lincoln, I don't know, it tries for more. I love Lincoln. Argo. Yeah. yeah. But I, that, I think the first scene and the last scene are so bad. Okay, yeah, but I can get over that. Yeah. I, because I the rest of it's so good. I, I enjoyed Lincoln way more than Argo. I think when you see flaws in a good movie like that, they're not flaws because there's something wrong with it. There's flaws of ambition. Right, and that's yeah. exactly... That was Zero Dark Thirty for me to a T. Exactly. Like, that and movie, there were things about it that bugged me a lot, but ultimately, it felt like it was tackling something so much more significant than oh, Argo. Yeah. I think Zero Dark Thirty was the best movie this year. Uh, uh, that or Django for me, yeah. 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 I, I also really liked Beasts of the Southern Wild, but I know you guys didn't. No, so I loved Beasts. Okay, I'm glad I don't, you did I don't think it was the best. Like, if I'm really I did, glad if I did it just getting pick so much one. attention, too. Yeah. The little girl might play. If we're talking about ambition, though, really, yeah. Wait, what? What about her? The little girl from Beasts Mm -hmm. may play Annie in the new Will Smith. Oh yeah. So is it going to be? Is it going to be like The Wiz except Annie? Oh, The Wiz. Maybe I don't know. Janet Jackson's going to be in it. Yeah. Sick. Totally. Um, But if we're also if we're talking about ambitious movies, I think Cloud Atlas was the most ambitious. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I didn't see it, and I really wish I had. Like, how does that movie not get a goddamn makeup nomination? That is uh, bananas. Or it's, editing. That is fucking crazy. It didn't get makeup because people thought it was racist, but those people are idiots. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I know. It's a movie, it's, yeah, it's, it's like transcending race. <laughs> no, like, I, I, don't, like, I agree. It sounds It's douchey, like the least but, racist thing. Yeah. All right, all right so uh, to, to bring us into the break, uh, I think we can all agree that Cloud Atlas should have been nominated for something more than it yeah, was. it's not going to get so, another theater run like the rest of these, but right, find it and right. watch it because it's awesome. When you get a chance, find it and watch it. There's three other movies I thought this year that should have been in the best picture category but aren't. I understand why they're not. Blah, 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 boilerplate. Anyway, just, just to wrap it up, go see, go see The Master. P.T. Anderson, he's never going to let you down. It's fantastic. Go see Killer Joe because Matthew McConaughey's Best Come performance back. ever, in my opinion. He's, he had that, the best year uh, of his life. Written and directed by the guy that made The Exorcist. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. And then go see Killing Them Softly. Didn't see that. Didn't it's, see it. It's fantastic, and it has heavy breathing Tony Soprano. So <laughs> Shit, yeah. There's nothing else you need in As the movie, does ZDT. Folks. ZDT As does. ZDT. That's why it's the best movie this year. <laughs> anyway, um, we'll be back right after this. 
And we're back. And All it's right. time right. to mosey on down to the damp, dark recesses of the podcast. Blow the dust off an old chest of drawers, light a candle, and find ourselves in Tyler's needlessly strong opinions about TV corner. Thanks for that swallowing sound right in the right in the pregnant pause. <laughs> because I was it's because I was nervous. Um, What's it gonna be? You were nervous for Tyler's segment. Yeah, thank you, David, for worrying about me. Uh, this week. I'm going to talk about a, uh, a newer show, little known, uh, if the ratings are any indication, um, called Legit on FX. Have any of you heard of this? I have not heard, heard of, of it, but, but I don't know anything am, about it. I am okay, completely well, in the dark. That makes sense. Enlighten me. The ratings aren't great, so I don't know if it'll be around. But it's um, the star's Jim Jeffries. He's an Australian comedian. Uh, I haven't oh, seen his yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah, I know who that is. Most of it's uh, like apparently storytelling. And uh, I guess the... The idea behind the series is he's uh, he's like a guy trying to be a better person, be more legit, as he says. Clever. Um, it's a it's a little FXy. It's um, racy at times, Ooh. but um, I think the best part about it is um, he's actually like a good person. He's he's a little selfish, but he's he's legitimately trying to be better. Um, but he does these good things. Like um, one of the characters, it, there's three main characters. It's Jim, his brother Steve, um, and his uh, Steve's brother Billy, who also has muscular dystrophy, so he can't move. And um, they end up taking Billy in um, and using Billy's uh, handicap to get a lot of nice bonuses as well. Are we talking about bonuses for no. the dick? Uh, no, like in Donkey Kong. Oh. Bonus <laughs> rounds. <laughs> um but I like it because, like, the first episode's about taking Billy to get, to have sex with some hookers. Called it. Yeah? You called it? I just did just now. Didn't you hear that? I didn't. No. I don't I pay attention about, to the I asked about say. bonuses for the dick. Oh, yeah. That actually does not mean anything. Um, one of the recent ones was uh, about plane etiquette. Like, the whole episode was pretty much on a plane. Oh, I thought... <laughs> where Jim just is, like, yelling at, like, a fat, just large man black gay man <laughs> sits next to him jim gets forced into the middle seat um everybody calls him a limey that's like a running joke and he keeps calling him racist because he's australian gotcha just funny things but i think oh i think i saw that preview i think i saw that trailer or something for it maybe maybe that joke like, sounds that joke sounds familiar but um fx is known for like this like anti-hero almost lead but he's not exactly that um I like it's different because he's 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 actually a good person. It's a funny show. I recommend watching it, even though this isn't the recommender round. Um, but it makes Sneaking me th- one in under the wire. Yeah. But it makes me think about FX and what they do. Um, FX is FX really started like cable drama. I mean, like the Shield was like the drama on cable that set the blueprint for many. Not like HBO or something. Just like cable, you know. Like, nobody really knew what to do, and then FX came around, and they threw the shield on here with a pretty bad lead. Not, like, poorly acted, but he's a bad guy. Um, well, not really laid the groundwork for kind of, like, the AMC, the current yeah, AMC. Yeah, no, no FX, no Mad yeah. Men, yeah, no, no Breaking exactly. Bad. Like, but, it's yeah. set cable drama, and I think they're starting to redefine cable comedy, really Absolutely. actually make cable comedy. Rescue well, Me was right right with the shield, too, wasn't it? Rescue uh, Me came Rescue me right post. after the shield, yeah. 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 Um, but like you look at what they're doing with Louie and Wilfred and now exactly. Legit, those are great shows on FX or Sunny. 
And Sonny. I think we always forget yeah. about Sonny as and Archer. Archer. Archer is fantastic. Um, and I think the best thing the about yeah, yeah, the league. league. Lot, lots of great comedy. It's easy to get up on FX's dick. Yeah, and like, yeah, and, <laughs> and he, I suggest it. And, Although, um, no, certainly cater to the podcast oh. community. Um, <laughs> and there's been rumblings about them, speculation about maybe making two FX channels an where F it's like and a, an X. Yeah, a comedy more based one, and then. <laughs> no, really, like one, and one then a drama one, one more. one more for the older, and one more for the millennials is the way I heard it. Yeah, but it's like put the comedies here, the dramas here, right. And, like, that would seem like a, a terrible idea, but then you think about it, and, like, every good comedy on cable is pretty much just on FX. Like, what Comedy Central maybe has. Like, they have sketch comedy shows, and then... They have Workaholics. They, and they've got Workaholics. And then... Yeah, yeah most yeah, of, like, sketch so shows, South Park. But it's not abundant. Right. Um, FX is, like, kind of the go... Like, just out of nowhere, it came to the go-to place for cable comedy. Well, it seems like where all of the good comedy pilots are going. Instead of network, they're leaving the network because they can yeah. be a little more edgy. Yeah, they can be edgy, and then it seems like FX really lets people, like the creators and the artists, they seem to give minimal notes. Well, in, I was going to say you trade off you trade off creative freedom, but you gain creative freedom, and you lose like a lot, most of your budget. <laughs> yeah, but even the shows that they give a lot of budget to, they still let them get away with more, and they let they seem to be led by some smart people that let them that don't get in the way. Well, it's and very I think like it's the best what thing. I think is interesting is that FX is all about um, like creator control yeah especially compared to networks which often like assign showrunners or assign like writing teams and fx is some i don't know they just they give their creators a lot of control and that's well they weird. allowed they allowed the louis model to happen yeah yeah just and at I think, all but I even mean, there's then, a good I mean, chance but even then it's always sunny happened before that and those i mean the same three people that are in it every week write it produce it right no there's 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 a very good reason why Louis C.K. was allowed to do what he does on and FX. Yeah, and there's a because reason he a turned down CBS for FX right. because they let him do whatever he wants. I mean, and they, they cut the budget originally, but then these shows are earning back their budget by being successful season after season. Like, the newer seasons yeah. are significantly more expensive and, than previous ones. And they're not making, maybe they don't make as much, but FX also puts some stock into awards, accolades, which is nice. And DVD sales. Yeah, yes. Um, obviously, in the end... It, a show's going to get canceled if it doesn't make them what they want. But I feel like they give a little more leeway on shows than, than other networks. And it's worth noting, too, that FX still does have to pay the bills, and that's what shows like Anger Management are for. And so it, <laughs> yeah, it kind of exactly. bugs me when people get all in a huff about Anger Management and how it's like not up to FX's standard. And admittedly, it's not a very good show. I don't like it. But people are going to watch it because Charlie Sheen's in it. And yeah, that's and if that gives me more Louis right. and more, I'm all about that. Archers. In fact, it, I can't I can't remember what it was, but at like a recent. Oh, was it the not upfronts, but it was something like that. Um, the president of FX was kind of he basically said that in as many words that they they did anger management because that allowed them to well, continue at the, at the to winter TCAs. Take chance, yeah, 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 to take chances on things like Louis and yeah. I, I don't know. I think we can't let this be just an FX love fest because they did cancel one of the best shows ever. Terrier. Terriers. Yeah. And if you haven't watched Terriers, I'm going to sneak a recommendation under the wire. But Do nobody, it now. the problem is nobody watched it. And in the end, you have to get at least some sort of number. No, I, I FX it fucked amazing. itself because they named it Terriers. Terriers. Yeah. And the marketing had like actual dogs in it. There like were no dogs. Point, it's not about dogs, folks. At all. It's not about dogs. It was named at Terriers all. because of the Leeds demeanors, I guess. And interior, it's it's a detective dog. It's like, like a, isn't that slang for a detective? Well, like yeah. like a pit bull is a terrier, right? Or I mean, they're all there are some big scary dogs. You think you think like a little lap dog when you think a terrier, yeah. but like. But I mean, every every network 
is going to cancel something that's good that nobody watches. And yeah, you know? there's been growing pains. I just don't. I just don't want growing growing pains. I'm pretty sure it was not on FX. What? I'm pretty sure it was on ABC. What? Oh, guys, I've been talking about my ass <laughs> this whole time. You've been talking about your ass this whole time. Yeah. Wow. Is your ass named Kurt Cameron? Yeah. And there's a terrier biting it. Ouch. But. I, it's easy to have. Like I know you don't co- want to like go like copper tone sunscreen bottle. Have a yeah. huge FX love fest, but I kind of see like NBC's era ending of all the shows that I loved. Right. And I feel like with FX, they might possibly be redefining comedy, especially on cable. And we may not have seen the best comedy yet. No, and actually, and I think FX. I think FX has actually influenced HBO's choice in comedy now because HBO oh, was yeah. was not making any half hour shows at all, but at now all. they've got Girls yeah. and Veep, and those are both and Enlightened, and well, they're all they're all very FX style shows. I don't like Enlightened that much, but it, I yeah. hear it's good. No, I mean HBO had a terrible track record with the comedies, and they kind of started giving up on them, and then I think they saw some success at FX, and then they're and they're I mean, HBOing. Louis them. had a shitty show on HBO yeah. one time. Yeah, Lucky Louis. Yeah. Which Wasn't it Curb on HBO? Yeah. yeah. I think they just got used to not paying for writers for comedy. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably some truth to that, too. Yeah. And it's just nice to see FX kind of take almost that paid cable approach to where, like, HBO lets Larry David do whatever the fuck he wants. And they're like, if you want to take a long break, you can. You can do whatever you want on the show. And they're letting Louie do that. And they seem to give people a lot of room. And um, it's nice to see that approach on television because you don't get that a lot. Yeah, and I like that you know they don't force people into twenty four episode seasons. And kind oh, of. Yeah. Well, I think it's better for for the whole cable and just the comedy show landscape because I think TBS is seeing what FX is doing and they picked up shows like Cougar Town. Oh yeah, and you know rumblings about them going after Community. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really convinced that's going to happen. But oh man, do you see Community's ratings drop forty three percent from their first week to this week? You know what's sad though? I just watched that episode today on a streaming service um, <laughs> that is legal. <laughs> just want to get that out there, but I don't want to say it. Um, and it's a that was a much better episode. I liked it way more than the, than first the series one. premiere, the season premiere. Yeah. Excuse me, because the season premiere was terrible. I didn't like it at all. I yeah. hated it. But really this was flat. like it really got back to basics and at sort of community's mo that they. Yeah, it had. I think the series lowest ratings ever. <laughs> like, are you I, serious? I think so. The overnight said. Wow, yeah. that's. Uh, Farewell, poor, poor community. Farewell, sweet prince. I, I hope, I hope, <laughs> I hope it does a Cougar Town, especially because they yeah, explicitly referenced Cougar Town in this last episode. <laughs> they did, and not for the first time. <laughs> no. Nope. They had cameos. Um, Abed was in Cougar Town. Oh yeah, yeah. And sure, the guys from Cougar Town were extras in Community. Yeah. yeah. Synergy guys from competing networks. Vertical integration. <laughs> But yeah, FX is cool. I like it. <laughs> That's a thesis. Good one. All right. <laughs> Solid. All right. You well. should you should send that into some master's programs. Yeah. I already did. I had to pay eighty dollars to send it in, but I think it was worth it. They ripped you off at the post office. <laughs> Let me just tell you that. Real well, talk. there's a reason <laughs> that they're not doing Saturday service anymore. They made all of their Saturday service money off of Tyler's one. <laughs> That'll be I sent it to a lot of dollars. <laughs> Guys, we broke even for Saturday. <laughs> All right. Um, well, moving on. It is time for David Killed the Radio Star. Every day, David forgoes his duties as a man to sit, <laughs> That's true. listen, and think about Top 40 Radio. Why does he do it? 
Why do fish swim? Because if they don't, they will die. Will David die if he stops listening to the radio? Do you want to find out? I do not want that blood on my hands. That's good. You don't, you don't want that blood on your hands. But So this is part of the show where I'm going to pull four songs from the musical Zeitgeist and weigh them against each other on the scales of pop culture justice. This is really heavy-hitting stuff. Henceforth, I'm going to make a gagging sound every time you use a word that offends my sensibilities. Well, there's <laughs> going to be a lot of them. The first. Um, but So I, I have been tormenting myself for the last two weeks. I'm listening to more money than a grown man should. Um, and more than, I mean, enough, more than enough for all of us. Uh, but so I, my, my goal is to pick out the two best and the two worst songs on the radio for the last two weeks. Top 40 radio? Top 40 radio. Okay. Yeah, this is, this is like trashy pop music. Top 40s. Top 40s. Um, uh, and I'm going to tell you a little about them and rate them and then weigh the good songs against the bad. If the scale at the end leans towards the good, there's still hope for humanity. This is the stakes we're dealing with. But if it leans towards the bad, the world is a barren wasteland. And you can officially consider this Thunderdome. Yeah, and may God have mercy on our souls. <laughs> and you will kill the radio star. I, I will kill him. I'll just put a gun and just bang. Why does it have to be him? Well, it. I'll kill him, her, she, whatever. I don't know. Um, keep in mind that all units of weight are rounded off to the nearest decimal place. And that uh, opinions are my own. And they're completely subjective. But if you disagree, you're wrong. But let's let's get started. Let's get into it. Yeah, first let's start with the bad songs. Uh, the first song representing all that's terrible in pop music is this is, the first worst or the second worst? This is the second worst. Okay, second worst of the of of the worst. Yeah, this is oh, the okay. second worst song on the radio, and that song is "Beauty and a Beat" by Justin Bieber featuring Nicki Minaj. Oh, this is an upset. You think? Well, just because I know you're kind of a big Bieber fan. I'm, I really don't like Justin Bieber. Oh. I'm anti-Bieber. Well, I am a big Nicki Minaj fan. Yeah, well, so. well she, she, I've got some words about her. <laughs> well, let's get into it, because I could talk about her butt for 20 minutes. I was going to say, it wouldn't be they, hard. That's another, that's another podcast. Are the words badonkadonk? And we'll get there. Uh, this song is a doozy. Uh, my biggest problem with this song is the same problem that I have with every Justin Bieber song, and that's that he is a terrible singer. <laughs> He's just really bad. Uh, but it's 2013, and singing's not really that important because we have autotune, which is a wonderful invention. Don't get me wrong. It can correct minor pitch problems in a singer's performance, uh, save, saving the performer from stressing out their voice singing too many times, saving studios time and money, which is great. That's a great thing. But the problem with autotune is that the worse that a singer sings, the more you have to crank the autotune up and... The more they do that, the more you, less you sound like a singer and the more you sound like a robot. There's a and, place for that, I think. Well, I mean, outside of the T-Pains of the world, and that they use robot voice as a gimmick, Justin gets, like, the most auto-tune this side of Miley Cyrus. This side of fun? <laughs> well, yeah. Fun uses it as an instrument for emotion, Adam. Yeah, real talk. My bad. Um, and it, it really sucks all of the soul out of his already not very soulful voice. Um, my next beef with this song is the lyric, we're going to party like it's 3012 tonight. Because... Because <laughs> boo. Yeah, well, Just wow. boo. Well, and like, Justin, you don't have a time machine, and you don't know how to party like it's 3012. Because nobody does. No, for all you know... Don't nobody know how. Yeah. I mean, I could give you maybe like five years. We can sort of maybe predict how you're going to party in five years. Yeah, in five years, yeah. But for all you know... Not a thousand years. But for all you know, <laughs> by, 30, by 3012... <laughs> Come on. 
Pokemon. We, the human race, may be enslaved to a race of warrior rat human hybrids. And what's, robots. What's space big, rats. What's the big liquor going to be? Lands. Is it going to be Chirac? You know, is it going to be Jaeger? Like, what are people drinking? You don't even know. Where do I you want to start? I, I want no Hams, part of that party. Hams makes it come back in thirty twelve. <laughs> I think it, I could see that. I mean, maybe before then. I don't know. Nope. But we we just don't know what thirty twelve is going to be like. So that lyric just I don't get it. Um, there are a couple of redeeming qualities to this song. Uh, first, um, if it didn't involve looking at Justin Bieber the whole time and listening to this terrible song, uh, it's got a pretty cool music video. You look at Bieber while on the radio? Does that no. mean you have a picture of Bieber present? No, but I mean, you hear it on the radio, you look it up on YouTube and you watch the video or on a streaming website. I have, I have radio flashcards. Right. <laughs> Chris has radio flashcards that he provides me for a slight fee. You have a Bieber altar on your dashboard, you listen to the radio, you, you know. Temporary tattoo. Everything's going to happen. Um, but it's, it's kind of cool. It's shot at a water park, and it's all shot with underwater cameras, and there's synchronized swimming. So that's kind of cool. I'm kind of a sucker for synchronized swimming. <laughs> the, second, the second redeeming quality is Nicki Minaj. Um, I'm not going to say that her verse is good, because it's not. It's, she mailed it in, for sure. But she won me over completely uh, with her lyric about date-raping Justin Bieber and having to hide it from Justin's on-again, off-again girlfriend, Selena Gomez. That's a classic right there. The lyric is... As date rape always is. I mean, the, yeah, the lyric is, Justin Bieber, you know I'm a hit him with the ether. Buns out wiener. I gotta keep an eye out for Selena. Oh. <laughs> I love that. So, oh. so my rating for Beauty and a Beat is uh, 44 pounds of poop. 44 I have, pounds. I have a really crazy quick story about Justin Bieber. Can okay. I, can I fling that in? Yeah, hit it. Okay, so very recently, there were these two guys that were arrested... Um, that, that were arrested for like a plot to kill Justin Bieber, and it was like it was after they killed like three other people in Vermont, and then they were supposed to go to Canada and kill him. So they were on their way, right? But they drove across the border by accident, and so they got their IDs checked, but they didn't have them, so then they got arrested. And so the whole plot came out of this prison in New Mexico where one of the guys had been staying. His nephew was one of my good friends <laughs> in elementary school, and he was fucking in, like, he's arrested for trying to kill yeah, Justin Bieber. I thought Crazy. they were going to castrate him, was what I thought. <laughs> yeah, and kill him. Oh, ouch. Why would you yeah. castrate, then kill? Just kill a guy. Just, yeah, I mean, I guess. I agree. I just thought that was crazy. Like, I knew that guy. Although, they're nuts. crazies. Anyway, we made, we made creepy crawlies together. <laughs> yes. Creepy crawlies, yeah. You make crawlies, he make creepy. Yeah. I always wanted to eat those. So, what's, so, so what's the number one? What's the number one bad? Uh, unfortunately, beating the beats not the worst. Uh, that one goes to Pink for her all-time yeah. stinker try. And there's not really much to say Which about she clearly try. didn't. Yeah, there's not much to say about it. It's just <laughs> yes. The, I think the nicest way to put it is that in an age of generic and boring pop songs, it's like the most generic boring pop song. It's awful. Um, I guess it's supposed to be an uplifting song, and I can sort of see it, but here's the lyrics for the chorus. You ready for this? It's, when there's a fire, there's going to be a flame. When there's a flame, someone's bound to get burned. This is all science. Just because it burns doesn't mean you're going to die. You got to get up and try, try, try. (laughs) So, first of all, those are terrible lyrics. But they're all true. No, secondly, they're not true, because... Have you ever heard of a candle or a fireplace? The human race has been safely handling fire for thousands of years. So Pink needs to get with the times. Um, thirdly. <laughs> Called out. <laughs> yeah, get, get with it, Pink. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, as an uplifting lyrical hook, you got to get up and try, try, try is pretty half-hearted. Like, you're going to... It's the pop music equivalent of I think I can, I think I can. Right, it's just not great. Um, baby, bye, bye, bye. And, well, 
But that was not uplifting. That was like, see ya. Um, <laughs> if it's dismissive, <laughs> it can be contrite. Right. But okay. when, contrite, you're, I'm sorry, when you're trying to like, get preteens to feel good about themselves, you got to like, put, put some effort in. The worst part about the hook, though, is at the end of the song, she just repeats it nine times in a row. Yikes. And it's awful. Um, there have been some pretty annoying pop songs in history that have closed with repetitive hooks. Uh, Paul McCartney blessed us with four minutes of super annoying na-na's at the end of Hey Jude. <laughs> Clapton gave us four minutes of self-indulgent guitar noodling at the end of Layla. But even though Pink's song was three minutes shorter than those, she can't hold a candle to Clapton or Sir Paul, at least not without getting burned. My rating, <laughs> hey, yo. My rating for this song is 14 kilograms of Michael Bay DVDs. Ooh. That's way worse than 40 pounds of crap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. All right, hit us with the top two. Okay, top two songs. Um, bad ones out of the way. Let's get to Justin Timberlake's Suit and Tie featuring Jay-Z. Dig it. Uh, Justin's been winking at us on movie screens for seven years, but he got back in the studio, and he delivered uh, one passionate falsetto melisma after another with, <laughs> with Suit and Tie, um, revealing to us there's a lot of game in his R&B playbook, channeling his inner Smokey Robinson. And if you know me, you know I love Smokey Robinson. It's also a nice return to form for his longtime producer, Timbaland, who co-wrote the song. It's got a great beat. I like the, the xylophone harp glissando that runs through the whole thing. And the call and response between the vocal and the horn section is nice. It's a modern song, but it like, calls to mind a lot of old R&B and soul from the 60s and 70s. My two complaints about this song, though, I don't think it has like, a, a good memorable hook. Like it's it's a nice song, but it doesn't. It's not gonna be a classic because it, there's no like sing along part. That but it you is so sing. nice, you know. He's not talking about some bitch no. getting up on his dick. He's no, talking about. I like know, it. I like it. A it's a it's a good song. Let's class it up. It's it's a good song. It's just not like a. It's not a Justin Timberlake all time classic. I don't think. My other complaint is Jay Z. Uh, his verse is not terrible. It's just sort of uh, typically average. Uh, Jay Z. He's a great rapper. We all know he's one of the best, but when he's not, when he's doing guest verses, he's just not, he kind of mails it in, I feel like. So I'm going to give, uh, I'm going to give uh, Suit and Tie 15 pounds of gold in JT's floor safe. That's, that's the weight of that I, one. I think one important takeaway right. from this is that if the mail is still good enough for Nicki Minaj and Jay-Z, it's good enough for you. Support the USPS. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Do as Tyler did. Spend $80 mailing things this Saturday. You will not regret it. Hashtag six seasons in a movie. <laughs> anyway, number one. The last, well, I think actually think uh, Suit and Tie was probably the best song. Right, the oh second my best. God. You didn't even go the right order, man. Well, I'm sorry. The segment just lost all its. Stupid. They were not. I wasn't ranking them. I just let's, there's uh, two good ones and two bad ones. Fade it out with four minutes of nah. <laughs> nah, nah, no, no, nah, no, nah, no, nah, no, nah. no, no. Stop. All right, all right, all right. The you, last, you get it. You get a chance. The Come last on. one um, I'm going to go with is Taylor Swift's "I Knew You Were Trouble." Um, right. Nothing, nothing particularly special about it. It's just a good song, a pretty good, pretty good pop song. Um, what it really represents, though, is Taylor's slightly more mature embrace of being an actual pop star, which is significant because up until now, no one could really figure out what Taylor Swift was. She just seemed like some cor- sort of tall, attractive, sort of pop, sort of country girl who wrote decent but not great songs and got broken up with a lot, which actually is what people still think Taylor Swift is. I mean, she still gets broken up with a lot. Yeah, that's true. So the goggles, they do nothing? Uh, you know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. My my only real problem with this song um, is that the production, I don't love it. Uh, She has a broad appeal and across a lot of demographics, but I see where producers are coming from. They don't want to offend any of the demographics, 
so they can sell a gazillion gazillion records and make more money than anyone can imagine. And I get it, but I can imagine a lot of money, David. I'm fair. <laughs> My oh, imagination Do you know how is many poor. Thesis I can send theses DC with a lot of money, a lot. Forty four pounds, a lot, guys. <laughs> Forty four pounds of theses. It's <laughs> a lot. Uh, my, I, I like, for instance, like when the song goes into the chorus, which is like the big, big, like pseudo dubstepy part of the song. There's potential to unleash like an edgy, the beast. Ar- no, I mean, yeah, an edgy Aretha Franklin like independent woman Taylor Swift, you know, and that would like, I felt like that would have elevated her, but they played it safe and made it easy listening bubblegum. Isn't there like an interlude in this song with her like talking to somebody in the no, studio? No, that's that's the other one. That's the other one. That's uh, okay. That's for the record. I don't like that interlude. I think you're talking yeah. about Real Talk by R. Kelly. Maybe. <laughs> I get those um, two mixed up all the time. So ultimately, we just end up with a good song instead of a great one. I bet Taylor Swift be on me. Right, I won. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Ever since that, I he would. She would. It, I would. Anyway, my the rating the rating for Taylor Swift and the Year Trouble. Um, Six foot one, 130 pounds of 23-year-old teenage angst. That's the weight of that song. Um, so you've heard about the contenders now. Let's, let's weigh them. Let's is that get how them. tall she is? Yeah, she's real tall. Oh, shit. All right. Oh, um, <laughs> gross. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, get this, let's get these songs up on the scales. Let's see where they're at. I'm going to pretend like I'm not on the same page as Chris here. You're gross, Chris. Yeah, you are gross. Actually, it uh, looks like the scales are, are balanced out and even. Which is a well, cop as out, you, as you can all see at home. On this, <laughs> David's audio full of medium. bullshit. What is it? so? What? How do the scales? The scales yeah. were perfectly balanced. I don't understand Wait, the is math. The, is the left hand the good hand or the bad hand? Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter. They're even. They're even. I just need to know for future reference yeah. which Le- is which. The left hand is the good hand. It doesn't. Also, it's a it looks fucking like you're audio podcast. Why are you? Why are you because gravity is the music like on the top of your hands. You need it under. There well, you go. Okay. Well, palms. But so it's really hard to balance things up there, guys. I want you to start gnawing. It's even. I don't know what to do. (laughs) But I do know this. No rating is like stopping swimming. I'm sorry, David. (laughs) You can't kill Radio Star this week. Um, No, I won't. Because we have to kill you. Bummer. We'll be back after this. Why don't we say hey Jude? And we're back. That low note's kind of hard for me to hit. Yeah, well, I'm like a solid, maybe top top part of the tenor range, and that's, that's baritone. That's a solid barit- baritone note. Couldn't couldn't really do it. It's time for our next segment. <laughs> All right, it's called Netflix Book Report. <clears throat> Netflix is a classy lady. And she's too much lady for you. You can't handle her jelly. So it's best to look, but not touch. And much like creating a contrived metaphor for a video streaming service, sometimes you just miss the mark. Well, that's why we created Netflix Book Report. You're too busy watching and re-watching 30 Rock to find out what all the other garbage on Netflix is like. So assignments are made, deadlines are missed, 
and we bring you a report on a movie that isn't season two, episode four, that one with Carrie Fisher. Last time, we asked Tyler to watch Surf School. Tyler watched it. Here's what he thought. Yes, I was uh, privileged enough to watch Surf School. My pre-thoughts before I put it in. So your tone is telling me that you loved it. Yeah, really did. My thoughts were, uh, please let there be boobs. Just not the monkeys, because there is uh, apparently a monkey in this movie. Yeah, there totally was. Yikes. Uh, fuck you guys, hour and a half. <laughs> and uh, dear God, please at least let there be boobs. I'll even take the monkeys. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, I like your willingness to compromise, and I hope that the movie met you halfway. Yeah. Uh, let's just run down the thoughts as they came to my head as I watched this movie. Ooh, okay? live tweet. <laughs> um, it was in full screen first. It was made in... <laughs> It was made in 2006. It was 2006, and it yeah. was in full screen. and it was in full screen. Wow. And the credits looked like they were made in, like, Final Cut 95. I don't know if that was ever a program, but it seems like that would be. Was it shot on, like, Panavision, or was it, like, DVX? Yeah. Like, Panavision types. So it looked like a movie. It didn't look like a handicam. I don't want to call it anything. I don't like, want to call this it, a movie. Was it, it at least, like, was it at least in 24P? Like, was, the, was it soap opera looking, or was uh, it more, like, it cinematic was, looking? It was probably more soap opery looking. I'm just curious about yeah. the technical details. Um, also, the, as is everyone, <laughs> the production company was uh, Thongs R Us Productions. <laughs> 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 Formerly known as Pipeline in Your Pants Productions. <laughs> oh, yes. So, in the beginning of the movie, it's just a guy like playing with lacrosse stick, like a lacrosse stick. That's all it is. That's not surfing. Anyways, his mom sends him to California for senior year of high school. I have no idea why. I, I watched the scene twice, and I still don't know why she sent him there. Um, there's also a theme song for Surf School mm, that mm, they made. Yeah. It is literally just shouting, Surf School. Surf, surf School! Surf School! Surf School! That's, and a lot of edits, <laughs> a lot of cuts end with just Surf School being blared. Um, awesome. Yeah. That's one way to ensure that you always have a... You know, like an, an audio match. Yeah. So this uh, bland, good-looking dude gets sent to California, plays lacrosse, but apparently he's the loser at the school, and uh, the surfer people are awesome. Uh, he meets some fun characters. He, like, also, I don't know why he's, again, I just don't know why he's in California. Is it, it set make... in 2006? Yeah. This is in 2006, which, uh, so he meets a skater guy. Um, so see you later. Who guy. says like gay ass a lot? And he, <laughs> there's a hustler pages joke about being stuck together. You know stuff like that. There's the Virgin Larry, um, Cisco. Right. These are the characters in the movie. Cisco's in it. Um, of the thong song. Yeah. Was he wearing yeah. the glove? A thong um, the song for me. Who's not wearing the glove? Um, who hangs out with a Chinese foreign exchange girl uh, who wears a kimono and doesn't speak English? Getting that strange. Yeah. Um, also, there's like a there's a goth girl. So I'm like. Four minutes into this movie, and I guess the conceit of the movie is a good-looking East Coast lacrosse dude comes to California, um, and the school has about 12 people in the population, and like three of them are douchebag surfers. Then there's a dumb women, goss, and a one Asian girl and one black guy. Was that not your high school experience? <laughs> it was around the same, but it was just a bigger number. Surf school! <laughs> surf um, school! <laughs> yeah, surf school was yelled a lot, actually. <laughs> 
Um, Did you ever see anyone yell it, or is it strictly in the just, theme song? No, in the theme song. Okay. The voice um, so there God. was a cut, and it's like, surf school, and it goes to the guy in his like house that he's living in California, picks up a magazine, says sees an ad for surf school, cuts to him now giving an inspirational speech to the people he just met and telling them that they need to beat the surfers in the Costa Rican Senior Surf School Championship. Do they have a bunch of silly transitions, like oh, a bunch of wipe fades? There's and, like, some wipes, yeah. <laughs> so, so Especially when they're surfing. And sweet. there's like a split screen at one point. Of people, this uh, this kid school. goes, this lacrosse bro, goes to California yeah. for his senior year of high school. Yeah, I don't know why. Though. And he lives on his own? I think so. And then goes to Costa Rica. <laughs> yes, um, with people who After just After he's enrolled in surf school. Yeah. And this is in the first seven minutes. Is surf school this is in the first seven minutes? <laughs> this is in the first seven minutes. <laughs> he had never surfed before then. So most of the movie takes place in Costa Rica. <laughs> um, yes. Okay. Also, there's so much. I'm going to stop talking. Yeah. Um, I'm going to stop asking questions. Tell me more. Um, also, Cisco can't swim because he's black, obviously. That's, the, well, that's what the movie thinks. Um, he I, also, bet he, I bet he could He jump. wants to bring the Asian girl along because he wants his sushi to go, which I think means he just wants to fuck the mute Asian girl on vacation. I'm pretty sure that's what he means. Um, and that Asian girl, she also lives with a black family who also refers to her vagina as sushi. So that was cool. That's strange. Um, but don't worry, guys. All she's giving Cisco is blue balls. That's what she says in Chinese or Japanese. I don't I know. I hope she's saying it in Japanese. Otherwise, this whole thing really makes no sense. Um, she's also, saying it in Ukrainian. <laughs> <laughs> also, the Virgin Larry is obsessed with monkeys, and he wants to go to Costa Rica. The Virgin Rica. Larry? Yeah, the Virgin Larry. Excellent. Right. I do like that, yeah. actually, the Virgin Larry. Uh, he's obsessed I with don't. monkeys, and he had a dream about a monkey. Um, it also led to a lot of monkey pun jokes, like spanking the monkey. You get this monkey off your back, you know. Uh, you better fuck that monkey to stop being a virgin, Larry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's not a very good joke. I will say I liked <laughs> or, all the actors. Pun. Because oh. I liked watching actors actually think about how to act in a scene. And how difficult it was. Yeah. I like being able to see the wheels spinning inside their head on like how to act. Let's um, see you do this, just Philip like Seymour Hoffman. Spinning freely in <laughs> yeah. the dirt, right? <laughs> the only other time I get to see that is when I'm on camera. So it was nice to see other, other people struggle. Um, so they get to the island like 25 minutes later. like in 25 minutes in, I shouldn't say later. Um, they, go, they get in a car to go to a hotel, but then the next thing you know, they're on a beach. Literally, five single girls come up one at a time, model for the camera, while Cisco has some VO, and then, and then one at a time, and then scene over. It was just the girls modeling at the camera. That's all it was. It was insane. It was fucking insane. Okay. They just model for the camera. Every girl that shows up models for the camera, and then they walk off. That's like the this thing. This movie sounds good to me. I don't yeah. <laughs> get to the bad part. So they get to their like hotel, which is run by 60, 60s hippies, I think. Are they um, white? Yeah, they're white. <laughs> of course they are. But one talks in a Russian accent. Does <laughs> um, 60s hippies mean that they're only into Bob Dylan before he went electric? I, you think the movie cares enough about, about that, Chris? No, no I'm sorry. <laughs> Was Cisco a producer on this movie? I don't think so. It's called Thongarong Productions or uh, something. Joel Silverman is the asshole that is in <laughs> that's responsible for writing and directing this. All right. A writer director though. Yeah. So um, no tour. Yeah, so they get to the hotel, another girl shows up, models for the camera, walks off. Okay. Then a monkey comes wearing the same thing as a girl, models for the camera, walks <laughs> off. That's a funny joke. <laughs> that is a funny joke. <laughs> um, okay. She walks off, right? Next scene, she hasn't talked to anybody. Next scene is Larry, Virgin Larry, hanging out. She comes to talk to the Virgin Larry how he's a sacred, and she was going to, like, bed him later. Um, but then the monkey comes in, and she just yells at the monkey. 
And then she walks off and the monkey stays. This sounds like a dream I had once. Dude, like, <laughs> she's really mean to the monkey. There's like four scenes with her in the movie and every time the monkey shows up and she yells at him. And I don't get it because the monkey's wearing the same thing. So to me, that means that she owns that monkey and she dresses that monkey because they wear the same outfit every time. Or the monkey's like her nemesis. You ever been to a party and some girl's wearing the same dress as you? They don't have the... I, oh, you know, it happened once, but it doesn't happen four <laughs> times, okay? Unless that monkey is your nemesis. It and doesn't re- happen really four times. To get you. But then I thought the movie was going to turn because you know who shows up? Who shows up? Harland Williams. What? Rocket Man. What? Whoa. Yeah. Out of nowhere. I did just learn on IMDb that this guy wrote and directed a movie that starred Harvey Keitel. What? Yeah. Oh, God. I bet you he's did. got some nice dads. It was called nice dad. Nailed. So, <laughs> even, even out, Harvey Keitel's got to pay yeah. the bills. So, I'm like, okay, we got Harland Williams in here. I'm back on board. And then he said a line, and I was, you know, I was back off the board. Um, I laughed one time in this movie, and it was when Harland Williams said mahi mahi, and he said, like, mahi mahi. <laughs> <laughs> and that was funny. It's still funny. Yeah. Mahi <laughs> mahi. Um oh there's the the usual three like Swedish girls that are like, you know, obsessed with Americans and like, "Oh, we are so free with our body." I know that was not Swedish, but uh also not any boobs. There's like a a slight shot of a boob in this movie for like five no, not even 5 seconds, like 2 seconds. Like like a a clothless boob or just like a close-up of a boob? Clothed, in, like a, a, a medium bikini. shot of a, an arm semi-blocking a boob. That was the most boob I got in this movie. Oh, man. That's, yeah. What was this movie rated? To be fair, when, I, when I assigned it to you, it was because it looked like there was going to be lots of tit. Yeah, and there wasn't. I figured that There would was be, not a lot it's, of tit. It's Piranha 3D for the middle school set. Ouch. Um, also, I was... Um, 30 minutes, okay, I was like 30 minutes in the movie, and I was like, I'm going to try to review what's, just, what's been happening. And so this is my review. Um, at the beginning, he is lacrossing, moves, uh, literally just meets everyone, comes up with a master plan. Oh, my God, the Asian girl didn't even come. I just noticed this. So uh, we're like 35 minutes in the movie. I did not realize the Asian she, girl didn't even. He didn't get his sushi to go? Yeah, she didn't even come on the trip. That's probably wise because She's not been around. spoil. Ouch. On the um, playing to Costa Rica. Also, their master plan is to get good at surfing in, in a week and become like champions, I guess. Because they're, it seems like a really I monumental think, I think surfing is pretty hard. It's pretty difficult. Okay. So, and any surfing shots are just like stuff that looked like they were on like the Discovery Channel of people. This is how you surf. And it was just poor VO. Like, oh, nice way to ride the wave, man. Like Mystery Science Theater. <laughs> yeah. But it's in the movie that's taking itself seriously. How seriously? Oh, very seriously. So uh, how does it all... I'm not done, Chris. How what it, what how happens? We're going to keep going. Okay, guys. let's just keep going then. So uh, the girl's going to have sex with them. Oh, the girl is going to have sex with the Virgin Larry, but uh, she sees the monkey. Immaculate conception. <laughs> she, she sees the monkey, yells at the monkey, and she's like, you can't have him, and then walks away. And that was the fight. Wait, who can't have who? The monkey can't have the Virgin Larry? The Virgin Larry yeah. can't have the monkey. The monkey can't have the Virgin Larry. But... I- the monkey has Virgin Larry. <gasps> yeah. Um, like, actually has? Quick hits. There was a literally a, a brave, Braveheart speech reenactment. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> did, did, he do, did he do blue face? Yeah. There was, like, uh, one second shot of that, and then it was back off. Awesome. Yeah. Um, the announcer at one point, America the country, bringing the culture to the world one invasion at a time. 
Great political statement, Joel. Whoa. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> a heavy okay, hand, that's huh? what I hey, have to say. 2006 was a different time. Oh. Two, you know what this movie should have been called? 2006, A Surf Odyssey. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> oh, the goth girl um, changed throughout the movie, which was just mean change clothes. And then there was oh, a I thought mon- you meant a different actor. Yeah. And then there was a montage of her changing, which was just scenes that we had already seen of her in different clothes. Oh, it wasn't like actually watching her change. They didn't, it was just they didn't, her. They didn't have enough time, so they reused <laughs> footage. Yeah, um, and then she pulls off she's blonde, so she can now be loved and appreciated for being hot. So that was cool. Well, that's true. Cisco did rap at one point, so that was cool. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a selling point. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, guys. There was the, they had the surf competition. It was two days for some reason. The second day, the Virgin Larry played Twister with the three Swedes, so now he's like some magic surfer who's badass. Japanese girl shows up out of nowhere. Shows up out of nowhere. She's the best surfer in Japan. What? She's the best surfer in Japan. So with her and the Virgin Larry, they win the competition. You got Shyamalan. <laughs> oh, yeah. And while she's riding the waves, um, there's again a mention of her tasty sushi. Um, Godzilla was chasing her. There was that, and uh, oh. making chop suey of the waves. Oh, God. <laughs> um, that last one isn't even a joke. I know. It, it's it, just two references yeah. mashed together. Chop suey is Chinese yeah. food anyway. So they end up winning, surprisingly. Um, the dick surfer is named Tyler. I didn't know that until there was two minutes left in the movie. That's the main character? Yeah, so I felt pretty bad about that. We haven't same, share the same name. Did Cisco use his name, Cisco? No, he's uh-huh. like Mo or something. Right. And also Mo. I'm pretty sure a sexual assault <laughs> takes place at the end of the movie. Okay, go into For the that. first time? <laughs> yeah, they just... Yeah. Um, so, some sad asshole misogynist wrote this, because women are treated very poorly in this movie, not respected at all. I think it was his name, Joe... Joel, Joel Silverman. Silverman. Joel Silverman. And uh, what I learned from this movie, um, guys can be attractive if they are smart, girls can be attractive only if they're blondes. All right. And I hate you guys for making me watch that. And I'm sorry that was so long. No, I no, I just really no. had to get that off my chest. That's great. That's great. So, uh... I'm gonna drop a fucking bomb on you guys, all right? All right. Joel Silverman was nominated for a Writers Guild of America award. I think I I recognize his name. What was he nominated for? Full Court Miracle. You recognize his name because it's Silverman. Oh, and a lot of those. There's a lot of Jewish Silvermans. Full Court Miracle. I had some kind of kids' sports movie. So, because you endured punishment, you get to punish someone else. Yeah. What's Uh, the assignment for next time? Man, there's a lot of good choices. I'm gonna go Chris. Okay, I deserve it. Um, and you'll be watching 1313 UFO Invasion. Okay. I'm game. That's a documentary, right? Uh, no. <laughs> this is a drama. 1313 UFO yeah. Invasion? While he's always been interested in what's out there, Adam, a graduate student working on his dissertation in theoretical astronomy, finds a perfect opportunity to both work and play in Roswell, New Mexico. Oh, close to home. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And the cover is four shirtless dudes and then a redhead in the background. So. Oh, hot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> All right. All right. Exciting. All right. Exciting news. All right. Well, oh, boy. With that out of the way, it's time for our next segment. Our next segment, <laughs> which is called... Twit for Tat. In Twit for Tat, two competitors dole out their bon mot bona fides to take a stab at snark supremacy using three of their best tweets from the past two weeks. Two tweeters enter. Two tweeters leave, but only one wins in 
Twit for tat. In this corner, last week's champion, the Don Juan of Long Johns, a.k.a. T. Chesh 31, a.k.a. Tyler Cheshire. In the opposing corner, from parts unknown, the Skidmark Kid, a.k.a. At Adam Bomb 41, a.k.a. Adam Rottler. You guys know the rules. You know how it's played. Three rounds, three times. Challenger goes first. Round one. If someone pleasures themselves to Vanna White modeling a kitchenette prize on a Wheel of Fortune rerun, does that make them pansexual? Uh, okay. <clears throat> Shut your mouth. <laughs> if I even think that you have thought about wearing a turtleneck in your life, I no longer care about what you have to say, unless it's about cats. Round two. A man was just called to the checking counter by the name Spankenbooger. Do you think his name was a punishment, or somebody just picked it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're the best, Adam. Thank you, Tyler. <laughs> All right. Fun songs are the equivalent of a motivational speaker trying to sell a seven-DVD set to a crowd who mistake his enthusiasm for genuine substance. Final round. Cigarette number one. I don't know if I should. Cigarette number two. Come on, would I really lead you astray? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You're an insane person, dude. <laughs> <clears throat> Friend got engaged on the same day. I ate an entire bag of goldfish alone. I'm not saying I'm the one living life, but I am typing it. End of competition. <laughs> As David and I calculate our totals, I want you guys to trash talk each other. <laughs> Here's what I like about you, Tyler. Oh, yeah? You get real, you know? You're not, a, you're not afraid to... Ta- is, this, is this what you meant? Do whatever you want. I don't care. I'm <laughs> doing math. That's <laughs> hard. A lot of big numbers going around here. You know, not, but, not but that big. We do, we do approach our tweeting with very different styles. Oh, yeah. But you got some sweet tweets, we, bro. Thank you. Yeah. You've got some sweet tweets. I well, felt a little forced, I gotta say. It, yeah, it was. And that's fine. I didn't mean it. Mine was genuine, but. Oh, the council's convening. Oh, they're right really now. conferring over yeah. there. This is what I this got. This is a tight race, but I honestly felt that. I honestly felt that it was tight. It's much better than the last one. Yeah. I beat some asshole to death. I think his name is David. Or, pon- <laughs> or Poncho. Whatever. Jeez, I guess I have to refer to him as his, in his Twitter name. During this section, Poncho. And then Chris is non-existent. Chris, we, we don't say his name at all. <laughs> all right. The scores are in. It's time to know I am won. nervous. I am nervous on this one. Come on. A combined score for Adam of 29. Oh, oh. shit. Are you kidding? That's a 29 out of 30. Are you kidding? No, that's 29 out of 60. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I thought it was out of 32. A combined score. I'm glad I didn't go first on that. For Tyler of 35. (laughs) This week's winner by judge's decision, Adam Rottler. What? Adam Rottler, you are the new champion of Twit for. I don't care about the judge's score. It's my call. I liked your your tweets better. No, no, no. How did I lose then? David liked Tyler's better. 
Like by that significant of a margin? Yeah. Wow. No, I am the winner. You cannot do that. <laughs> you cannot do that. You cannot say we have judges in scores and then say I don't win. I win. I I believe I can do that. No. I feel like my opinion is being devalued. I here. believe I just I just did do that. I honestly I honestly thought can can't David, can you tell me what it was that you disliked about mine so much? It was kind of more of the same from Tyler. I thought a couple of them were Yours good. Yours are One always the like same. Yours way. are always puns. Yours literally are always more of the same. I really hated the ashtray joke. Why? I really loved the ashtray joke. Why did joke. you hate it so much? That Vanna White one was shit. That should have gotten zero points. That was god awful. <laughs> the Vanna White are one you was kidding? terrible. That was pretty bad. That was terrible. I mean, they were all pretty bad. I didn't really like any of your tweets very much. Mahi, mahi. Jeez. Mahi, mahi. Says the worst competitor in the history of Twit for Tap. And it's brief. Sir Charles. What is that? But lustrious. That's a great joke. History. No, that wasn't. That was terrible. God awful. That was not good. You're right. It's good. No respect. I win. Well, that was controversial. I win. We'll be right back. Beat a dead horse. And we're back. Well, we're drawing near the close of the show, and that means it's time for us to tell you the things we like in the hopes that you will like them too. We all like to call this segment Recommender. I hardly know her. her. Knew her. Oh, know her. No, know her. So, Why would the first part be in present tense and the second part would be in past ma- tense? You gotta match tense, Tyler. I wasn't paying attention. So, Tyler, what do you got? Oh, I'm first. Okay, I will be re- recommending. <laughs> I can't even say that word. A double feature. Ooh. Yeah. Um, compliance and, in, and the imposter. One is a documentary, which is the imposter. The other one, a oh, kind of horror drama. And they're both uh, really about how gullible humans are, how people, how gullible people are. And uh, they're unbelievable, and they're actually crazy true. So I don't want to ruin anything about them because it's just fucking absurd. Rock and roll, man. Double feature, compliance and the imposter. All right. David, what do you got? I'm going to go for an easy one, but and I'm recommending HBO's Girls. It's a great show. Uh, Lena Dunham is living... I'm living as an overprivileged, overprivileged. <laughs> no, we need the rundown of the show. No, I think I think we can figure out what girls is about. Well, it's about being a girl in New York, and it's just great writing. It's shot great, acted great, and it's about everybody on the internet becoming misogynists. Yeah, pretty when much when they watch an episode. Pretty All much, right, girls. Uh, Adam, what do you got? Um, in light in light of my recent concert ticket purchase to see this band, I wanted to recommend. Uh, a music video from 2012 by the Arctic Monkeys called Are You Mine? Letter R, Letter U, Mine. It's on YouTube, really easy to find. It's shot in black and white, really lo-fi, but there's this great... It's really clever. It's shot mostly in a car, um, but it's just a great song, awesome video. Check it out. All right. Oh, oh my shout-out. What? No, not yet. Oh. Okay. God. <laughs> I just oh, they, my I God! Just they, I just thought they forgot. Oh, my God! <laughs> I just thought they forgot. We do weigh things a certain way here! <laughs> Okay? <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
I wasn't angry at Jesus first. Jesus Christ. But seeing how Chris angry is really Chris is now up, has pretty, made me I'm pretty, pretty furious pretty as well. Furious. Are you guys ready? Let's settle. Oh. Jesus Christ. Oh, you fucking you suck. dick. I can't even say it. <laughs> All right. So. What's yours, Chris? Thanks for asking, Adam. It's We the Common by Tao and the Get Down, Stay Down. Uh, it's a band out of, I think, Vermont? I don't even know. But it, it's great to hear a band use banjo and not make Mumfordy bro folk. Uh, <laughs> Real and talk. It, and it's yeah. really reminiscent of both like Man Man and Modest Mouse. And I can dance to it. And it's fantastic. So you, you are a great who, dancer. Who these guys again? Dow and the Get Down, Stay Down. I'm going to play it for you. After this is done, is it Dow or Tao? I think it's T H A O. I don't know how to say her name properly. Oh, it's Tao. Yeah. Tao and the Get Down State. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fantastic. Great Just stuff. A fantastic album. Pick it up. Uh, you guys got shout outs? Absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's shout them out. Adam. Uh, comedy Bang Bang, the TV show now on Netflix. Just got renewed for season two. Check it out. It's great. Uh, new album from Frightened Rabbit, Pedestrian Verse. Check it out. Shout out to Ed Sheeran for tricking pop radio stations into playing his five-minute-long, generically pleasant folk pop ballad about a crack or 20 times a day. Oh, that was one hell of a shout-out. Shout-out to Zombie Community. All right. Well, that's it for <laughs> what I it's... It, I call it Vampire Community. <laughs> because it's... To each his own. On the surface, it's the same, but... You have to invite it in. <laughs> <laughs> and it's allergic to garlic. Yes. Well, that's... That's it for what it's like down here. Uh, thanks for listening, and I guess we'll see you again in two weeks. You guys ready to sing us out? Yep. One, two, three, four. Nah. Shot through the heart, nah, and you're nah, a nah, nah, like nah, us. Nah, Maybe nah, we were born nah, to nah, a bad nah, nah, nah.